football. Today we have Dino Sibson on the podcast. Welcome to Footwork, Dino. Uh, thank you very much for having me, guys. We, we're really, uh, really pleased to be here and hope everyone's well. Yeah, it's great. So, um, awesome. Dino, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself for our, for our listeners who, uh, who may be hearing your name for the first time. Yeah, so for me, uh, it very much started when I was 16, 17. I might sound very, very young age to take your first coaching qualification, but it was. Mm. Uh, I'll start by saying my playing background was quite limited due to uh, some unfortunate injuries. Um, and at 21, 22, I made the decision that my coaching career was going in the direction that I wanted it to go on. And uh, I stopped playing 11, competitive 11-a-side football, which, which was a, a sad decision to have to mm. make. You know, spent numerous good years there before moving on to Wigan Athletic. And that was one of the first moments where, I, a bit of a wow moment for me, having to, to watch Roberto Martinez and, mm. you know, having the flexibility to watch some of his sessions and to go there. And I was, I was charged with coaching the under-13s, 14s at the time. So for me... To, to have that ownership of that group at youth development age was, um, was terrific. Uh, and Stoke City were interested in taking me. So, I, I, you know, I uh, sidestepped moved to, to mm. a club five miles away from where I live. And two good years at Stoke, um, unfortunately, changing management there. We wanted to change the whole academy at the time. and Didn't really fit with my, the way I, my philosophy. Um, so I ended up moving to Wolves and had another two, three excellent years at Wolverhampton Wanderers. And... And, you know, at the start of their little meteoric rise really to the Premier League, because, you know, before people would people look at Wolves now and see them as a maybe a top 10, top 12 Premier League club, but Wolves haven't always been there. They've always yo-yoed, you know, in, in recent history from Championship to Premier League. Um, and I was just at the start of that process when, you know, sort of Nuno, you know, Spirito Santos was mm. coming in. Um, and the change in the philosophy of the academy was brilliant at the time. And like, you know, we, how we, you know, developing players, a lot of 1v1, a lot of ball manipulation, a lot of, you know, a lot of ownership on, 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 on individually beating your opponent. Um, mm. And then for me to, to, to sort of fast forward on a little bit, I had the first chance to go into professional football management in Iceland. Um, and I weighed it up and I thought, is this going to be something which is beneficial to my career going abroad? It's not beneficial to every coach. Sometimes they come back and it's hard to get back in. But for me, there was no, there was no second thought you know, to go and challenge myself, new culture, new climate. Um, and I went across to Iceland and, you know, through a lot of hard work over 18 months, managed to uh, win a League Cup and finished third in the Premier League with the, uh, with the women's side. And uh, that got me the move to Sweden and obviously subsequently Finland. And I'm sure we'll touch on that as we go along. So at that age, and it wasn't until 21, 22, I told them my UEFA B licence, um, which still at that age to, to, even to start the UEFA B licence is quite early as a coach. 26, I think 26, 27 before I completed the UEFA A licence. And still now, I'm actively seeking to get onto the UEFA Pro licence at 34. And, you know, I've had conversations with the FA and it's very, very competitive to get onto the UEFA Pro licence. There's only 18 spaces per year. Wow. There's only one course run a year. Um, so it's, and I, I, even, I, I even got to the last stage Two years ago, I got to the uh, the last 40 for the uh, the Pro Licence Application Centre and I walked in the room and I'm up against John Terry, you know, uh, and, and, you know, you've, you, you're looking around the room thinking, I'm, I'm the only non-playing ex-professional in the room and uh, unfortunately, I didn't make that make the last 18 for that particular course, but the experience gained and just having the ability to, to speak to people like John Terry and, right. and others that was, was, a, was a huge experience. So, yeah, I would say you can't saturate yourself with enough football you know, you've got to be fanatical about it if you want to get to that. And that's the same for a player. You guys will know as players as well. You know, if you if you don't do the right things and you don't you don't 
make yourself fanatical about your playing career. You know, you're only going to get to a certain level. And I'm a yeah. firm believer in the adage, if you always do what you've always done, then you'll always get what you've always got. You know, um, And that's, that's one of the... One of the one of the sayings which I say to myself most days, you know, how can yeah. you push yourself on a little bit more each day? Mm -hmm. No, I love that. I mean, I, I, I'm very... So for me, it's no different. I look at it and say, I've got a philosophy and I've got a methodology, but I can't imprint that until I get the right position. And I've got to keep working hard. I've got to keep speaking to the right people. I've got to keep making sure that um, I'm putting myself in, in, you know, in the public eye, but I, I, I'm also updating myself with, with trends in football, you know, as we, as we know now, you know, you have to, you've got to be aware that, you know, the new rule, the rule changes, you know, how much is VAR having an impact on the game, on the game. So you've got it, you, you can't, I can't be, I can't be stuck in the, in the 2000s thinking what I did before is, you know, is good enough and the game evolves and you either evolve with it or you get left behind. So I think for me, um, Yes, the play, lack of a playing background is, is key. But the reason why I went abroad in the first place was to sort of do a Graham Potter example, really, and, and say, OK, I'm not going to get in this way. I'm going to go abroad. I'm going to become a better coach by working with players from all around the world, um, you know, yourself included, Dylan, um, and, and many, many others. And I'm going to do it this way, you know, when two trophies later and three countries later, I'd like to think I'm in a good position now to, well, I, I, I have, I am, because I've spoke to chairman, I've spoke to club owners and, you know, some of them say you're not far away. Some of them, uh, some of them you have conversations with and, and hopefully things will happen in the future. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. we're all governed by the current pandemic and hopefully things change soon. Right. Am I going to be in a stronger position by the time I come back to achieve my overall, my overall dream and my goal? My overall dream and goal is to work professionally in the Football League. And the reason why I've said Football League and not Premier League is because I think there's a massive, there's a chasm of difference at the minute between the, between the two. You know, the Premier League would be fantastic, but I think the Football League is an, the English Football League is an achievable goal. Um, that's not saying the Premier League isn't, but I think, you know, you, you set a short, you set a goal like that and you're working every day towards it. So that was the biggest challenge going through my head was, am I going to be further away and show what How I could do because of the financial situation at the club? But I look at it and say it was the right thing to do by going abroad. I'd do it again now if I had the opportunity. Um, you learn so much about yourself, your independence. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt like I became a better, a better leader of men abroad because I you know I did that job relatively on my own with with no backroom staff and for me um, I saw them players grow together day by day every training session you know they grew socially they grew as a squad and that was reflected in the results so I would be very much an advocate of any young coach wanting to go abroad and learn the trade the team can be called off in Finland is at minus 15 um, and I remember I was on the sideline and, and, and looking up at the thermometer, and it was, uh, it was minus 14. <laughs> uh, and we'd actually just got a goal down. And I was thinking, yeah, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, go on. You know, <laughs> pick another one, yeah. <laughs> I, was coach, I was scouting for Doncaster. And I, again, a contact of mine who was at Doncaster at the time, who's, uh, who's actually now the manager at Hull City, um, Grant said to me, listen, Dean, you come watch a few games um, and just see what you think in terms of these players, potential recruits. And obviously that then became a little bit more oppositional analysis. So, I, and a lot of scouts in this country have this thing where on 70, 75 minutes, it's an unofficial rules of scout where, where, where they go. And you see a little across in the scouting section and a lot of scouts will leave on 70, 75, 80 minutes when the player's been taken off. But I would always look at the impact after the, the, the player's either gone off um, and, how, and, what's the, and what 
and did, did the team miss that player? You know, and and, and mm. what what's been left behind? So I'm always a scout. Who was, I would I would stay ninety minutes ninety until the end of the game, even if you, even if I was three four hours away from home and got a long drive back. So um, well, Sol Campbell just to touch very first on Sol. Sol was somebody who I learned an incredible amount off in a very short space of time, and I was thirsty to learn off Sol. You know, and this is a position of players represented England. You know, played pre- nu- numerous. Premier League and that's Premier League football. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, being around this guy was I could I could only I could only uh, improve. Uh, this one's very important. Eddie Howe or Sean Dyche? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to say Eddie Howe purely for the way oh, that he, he tried to he tried to play um, some really brave football with him. Footwork is sponsored by ourselves, also Kong Fitness and Merchant Designs, baby. Follow us on Instagram at footwork underscore podcast. Twitter is at footwork podcast. YouTube and Facebook, just check out footwork podcast, search it. Email us if you need anything, any questions at footworkpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, plug, plug, pass. Tell your parents, Amazon delivery guy, mailman, I don't know who, just tell them. Like, subscribe, review, all of it helps. Danke.